You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. As we look at our walk with God, I have the pleasure of speaking on a subject that's very close to my heart, which is worship. Our worship with God. And just before I get into what I want to say, I just want to just tackle those wrong connotations about what worship is. So it's just, it's not about singing songs. It's not just about singing songs. It's not so much a lifestyle. I've heard it said, worship is a lifestyle. But I'm like, that's very hard to maintain. Because in my human form, I will make mistakes and I cannot focus on God all the time. It's very difficult to do that. It's not just about music. Music and song kind of go together. But whenever I hear music, I'm a musician, obviously. And it's just like, that's my form that I like to worship God. But it's not the only way. It's not something we do once a week or just in groups or activities that we run here in life groups. What is worship? And how is that? How do we apply this to our walk with God? And so to help navigate us on this subject, I want us to go back into the Old Testament to a man that was really worshipful, and it's David. So it's going to come up behind me, but if you have your electronic copies or your hard copies, you can follow along with me uh, in 2 Samuel 6, 12 to 22. Now it says, now King David was told, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and everything he has because of the ark of God. So David went down and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. When those who were carrying the ark of the Lord had taken six steps, he sacrificed a bull and fattened calf. And David wearing a linen ephod, 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 danced before the Lord with all his might, while he and the entire house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouts and the sounds of trumpets. As the ark of the Lord was entering the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, watched from a window. And when she saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, she despised him in her heart. They brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place, inside the tent that David had pitched for it. And David sacrificed burnt offerings and fellowship offerings before the Lord. After he had finished sacrificing the burnt offerings and fellowship offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord Almighty. Then he gave a loaf of bread, a cake of dates, and a cake of raisins to each people and the whole crowd of Israelites, both men and women. And all the people went to their homes. And when David returned home to bless his household, Michal, daughter of Saul, came out to meet him and said, How the king of Israel has distinguished himself today, disrobing in the sight of the slave girls of his servants as any vulgar fellow would. David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who rose me rather than your father or anyone from his house when he appointed me ruler over the Lord's people Israel, I will celebrate before the Lord. I will become even more undignified than this, and I will be humiliated in my own eyes. But by these slave girls you spoke of, I will be held in honor. 
looking at that situation, the Ark of God, the Ark of the Covenant, was very significant at that time. Because it, it housed the two tablets that had the, the commandments, but it also was associated with the presence of God. So what can we actually learn from this with our, about our worship with God and our walk with God? Now, the first thing is, worship needs to be intentional. You need to plan it, premeditate. It's almost like intending it. It's purposeful. Setting aside time to give to God. See, whilst bringing the Ark of the Covenant into the city, David purposely and intentionally worshipped God on the journey. He just didn't bring out, he just, he didn't bring the Ark. He just didn't go, oh, let's go and get it and let's bring it back. On the whole journey back to the city, he exalted God. He worshipped Him. He wanted God to be seen as the reason for the victory, the reason for the blessing. Now, what I like about this is that the six steps that you see in that, in that passage, every six steps they took in bringing the ark, they stopped and he sacrificed. Now, can you imagine that? Right? So I can't imagine the ark being very light either. So you've got these, the priests or laymen carrying the ark. They take six steps. He's like, whoa, stop. I'm going to sacrifice to God now. That must have been a long journey back to the city. And I was thinking, okay, well, how does this apply to us? Well, each morning, not every morning, but sometimes in the morning, I get up out of bed, I cross my room, and I look out the window. And behind me, there is, yes, there's some houses, but there's some trees, and I can see a field in a distance. And there are times that I just marvel. I'm, I'm in that state of marveling at God's creation. Just thinking, wow, I have a new day and I can experience this. Isn't that amazing? Oh, God, you're amazing. You know, I get to experience this. But then I calculated or worked out that it takes six steps for me to go from my window out of my door. And I realized that in those six steps, my focus shifts away from God and my personal agenda. What do I need to do for me today? So I'm looking at that, those six steps that David took. Every six steps, he focused on God. He, came, he made sure that the whole journey, God was lifted up. God was put into the center of the whole journey. How different would our worship be to God if every six steps we gave him the best of us? our best sacrifice. It may mean we have to pre-plan what we're doing in the day because the journey will be longer. But it's an important lesson. I was challenged by that, thinking <laughs> I do it in my own home without thinking. Every six steps, worshipping God. So worship is not about what we receive actually what we give. In that moment, the only thing David wanted to do was to give God the glory. He wanted to exalt him, lift him up. He, David didn't want to be the center of the attention in that moment. He wanted God to be the center of attention. 
See, growing up, when I, well, I say growing up, I didn't know God when I was younger, but when I came, started coming to church as a teenager, I had misrepresentation of what worship was. You know, I would stand in the balcony and the band would be playing, and then I'd be like, oh, I've got a shiver down my spine, that must be God. Yeah? Have we had that before? I've also had the moment, it's like, and it's, God does move and God does touch us. Okay? And I've had moments when I've, people have been praying for me, I've been worshipping and singing songs, and at the end of the service, I feel like I'm drunk. I feel like I can't move. Because I'm just like, I feel overwhelmed. And you get that feeling, you receive that feeling, and we hold on to that, and we're thinking, that's what worship is. It's like, I haven't properly worshipped God unless I get that feeling. But that's not the point. That's not, that's not all that it is. It all starts when we lift God up. God should be the focus, not the other way around. Yeah? It's not, we shouldn't be, even when we come here on a Sunday, it shouldn't be, what am I going to get out of this? It's like, it should be, what can I give God in this moment? What's the best that I can give this morning? And if you want to turn to John chapter 12, I think this is an incredible example that we've, we've got in scripture. John chapter 12. I'm going to read from verses 1 to 8. This is six days before the Passover. Jesus arrived at Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here, a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me among you. I love this example because not only was Mary worshipping God, she was giving the best that she had. Yeah. It, it was, you know, in a sense, Judas was right. Yeah, that, that perfume could have been sold. They could have made some income. Could have, you know, it would have helped them as a whole. But in Mary's eyes, all she wanted to do was to worship Jesus, to anoint him. It's incredible. There was a phrase there. That the perfume filled the house or filled the room. When Mary poured out that perfume on Jesus, very expensive, but if you've picked up very expensive perfume, if you've actually gone into shops and, uh, you know, the aftershave for men uh, or the women's got perfume and you spray it around, suddenly this, this fragrance just fills the aisle. 
You like you walk down and like, I know where I am. This is like this is the perfume aisle. You know, you can smell it straight away. She poured out this perfume on Jesus. Imagine the smell that filled that room. Her worship filled the space. I came along this um, this quote actually in my studies. Um, and it says, it is only as each believer in an assembly gathering brings to the feet of his Lord the treasured gift of the perfume of his appreciation and worship that the whole gathered company of Christians will be affected by it. See, your personal act of devotion, your personal worship given to God, not only will it lift God up, but it also affect those around you that are in the same space. I think about it here, I think if we all came and we came with that attitude of, I want to give God the best that I have, I don't think we'll be able to contain it in this place. The perfume of our worship from each one of us will burst out and it will not only lift the person on your left and the right, it will fill this whole place. And I, I will hope it will burst out of this place and into those that even pass by. Wouldn't that be incredible? You see, dare I say it? Because I know I am. Mankind is selfish driven. Unintentionally. We automatically go back to what's best for me in situations. Sometimes we do do it intentionally, sometimes we don't. Most of the time it's just unintentional. You go about your day and it's suddenly, I've done a lot for me today, you know. I like the six steps that David, David took and sacrificed before God. It takes me six steps to marvel at God's creation and worship him with praise and thanksgiving to then go to my own agenda. So looking at this example of David and both Mary, I kind of wonder how different would our worship be if instead of being selfish driven, we were selfless driven. We didn't come to church on a Sunday about it maybe in the mindset of, I hope I receive something to coming Actually, I just want to lift up God. That's my priority. And that should be our priority Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the whole week. When we get it up in the morning, we marvel out everything that God is. And through every motion of every day, we're just like always allowing God to remain in the center instead of maybe unconsciously allowing it to shift so that we instead are exalting ourselves. It's a hard one. And we make mistakes and we slip. But it's like, maybe that's an, a, a principle we should, we should take. Take a step. Take a step. God, you're in every step that I take. Everything I do is because of you. Every, every moment I have breath in my lungs is because you made it so. God has given enough. Yet we ask for more. Oh, I... I was uh, thinking about this, thinking when I pray towards God, I often pray my list. Give me this, give me this. Or, you know, I do say thank you, God, and now because I thanked you, maybe it would be so kind to give me this. 
maybe we should just throw the list aside because God's already got it covered. And maybe we say, God, you've got it covered. I don't care. You are the one that I want to worship in this moment because you have given me life and you have given me this opportunity to walk with you. Pope Francis said that the most dangerous idol is our own selves when we want to occupy the place of God. The most dangerous idol is our own selves when we want to occupy the place of God. It should be less of us and more of God, shouldn't it? It's hard. This is not easy. It's hard for me. Because it's like I was going through this, I was thinking, I am so challenged. I, I don't feel I don't feel like I tick any of these boxes. But it's a journey, it's a process. See, worship is about the heart, not the appearance. When you look at David, he did not wear his royal robes. He didn't wear his kingly garments. He took it off. He didn't want to be recognized as the king in that moment. He wanted to be undignified before the Lord. What does that mean to be undignified before the Lord for us? See, Michael was so concerned with how David appeared as he danced away in celebration that she failed to see his humble heart and sincerity of worship. Now, I thought about this and thinking, okay, they're carrying the ark, okay. Not only every six steps were they sacrificing, but then you got David out of his royal attire dancing before the Lord. What would that look like? <laughs> what if here we threw off the Michael perspective of like, this is very undignified. You know, we must sit in our rows. And we, it's okay to lift your hands. That's enough, right? What if we were just like, you know, put the chairs aside. Let's just dance before the Lord. David wanted to be even more indignified than that. <laughs> That's the amazing thing about this. He did not care what anybody else thought. All he cared about was he was so filled up with who God was that he couldn't hold it in, that he wanted to express it in any way that he could. He didn't have an instrument at that moment. I mean, they had trumpets playing, but he didn't have one of his own. So he was like, I'm just going to dance. Amazing. I wonder if they had interpretive dance back then. See, we can fall into that position of Michael when we, in fact, should be embracing the stance of David. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. All that matters is God. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And we can sometimes fall into this trap of thinking, yeah, I'm worshipping God. This is what the video was kind of tackling. I am, yeah, yeah, okay, hands up, I wanna, I wanna worship. In your heart, you're struggling. In your heart, you're not quite there yet, but you're thinking, it's okay, if I, if I do this, then it's like, no one else will know that I'm struggling. God knows that you're struggling, God knows that your heart's not in it. Let's get there. Let's get that, get God in the center. It's like, okay, I may have had a hard week, or may, this day may be hard. This day at work was awful. 
you know what, God? I'm just going to go on my knees and I'm going to worship you because you are always with me. In that day, all they had was the Ark of the Covenant associated with the presence of God. But now because of everything that God has given to us, what Christ has done for us, we have the Holy Spirit with us. Day in, day out, God's presence is always with us. So what's holding us back from worshipping him? Usually it's ourselves. And like I said, worship is a process. See, when they brought the, um, the ark back into the city, they put it in the tent. Or the tabernacle. It's one of my favorite subjects. If you speak to Chris, he will say, Oh, Tom, the tabernacle, you love it. Yes, I do. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to go into a, a lot of detail because I've already spoken about this and it's on the podcast about the journey into the Holy of Holies. So you can listen to it then. But just to, to recap, it's, it's hard to wake up in the morning and be at that place where you're in the holy place and already in the worshipping God. Because we're human, we have limitations. We wake up in the morning, I'm like, I need a coffee. I need to prepare myself. <laughs> you know, I'm not there yet. I'm not awake. I mean, I'll start, I, I could start singing or I could start worshipping and I'll fall back to sleep again. You know, we need that. We need to go through the process. And this is what I love about the imagery that is presented in the tabernacle is that we need to go into that conscious mindset of saying, this morning I want to walk through the gate. I want to give the best sacrifice, which is me, the best I have to offer. Before I even think about, you know, coming before God, I want to make sure that I'm cleansed, that I'm not coming before him tainted. I'm not coming before him, you know, just really just not worthy of it i want to say like i want to get myself positioned in the right place and then as you go into that most holy place you want to say i want to take up you know the bread the word i want to keep that in my heart you know this this word that, that speaks so much knowing that the light that fills that tent the spirit is always going to illuminate more to me spirit is always with me he can illuminate and give me something new yeah, and then at a moment that I want to lift up praises to God, that incense will rise. Yeah, then I can enter in, then I can be in front of God at His feet. Everything else is gone, it's Him, it's me, it's lifting up His name. What if we did that process every day? The world is seems to be going at an alarming rate. It's like you, something new comes in. It's like we want things quicker. It's like Wi-Fi. We want it now, not like dial-up where you had to wait for half an hour. And sometimes we can be like we can rush God. Okay, God, I have literally thirty seconds. Go. And he's like, ah, I'm not going to work like that. Your heart's not in it. Give me more time. It doesn't matter about lunch. Give me your time. Doesn't That meeting, you think it's important. No, no, no. I'm more important than that meeting. It's hard. It is hard. 
David gave us a great example of worship on that small journey, bringing the ark back into the city. He continually exalted God. The whole journey, he was dancing. I actually want to be there. I want to witness, I want to witness that. Because I feel like witnessing him dancing before the Lord would actually make me want to be like, oh yeah, I want to dance before the Lord now. I don't want to be a my cow. It's undignified. Yeah, you've embarrassed yourself. No, I've not. I've exalted God. That's more important. And just to kind of draw this to a close, I, there's not many acronyms on worship I actually discovered, and I wanted to find one, so I kind of made my own. <laughs> Ta-da! <laughs> and um, it's important to wait upon the Lord. Don't rush. Don't rush being in his presence. He's worth more than we can imagine, and it's like... he. No, we're not more important than him. So let's get that right. Let's make sure that we spend enough time in his presence. It's important to offer ourselves daily. You know, we say once is enough. Once is never enough. Each day, each day, we should say, God, I'm for you. It's like what Tyler said last week, here I am. Same thing, here I am. And we've got to rest in his presence instead of rushing through the motion. Enjoy being in his presence. Sing unto him. Singing is important. It's not the only way of worshipping. But we see it in the Psalms. Sing unto the Lord a new song. It's just one of many ways we can worship him. Approach him with a humble heart. Not proud. Be humble. Be intimate with God. He longs for that intimacy where we can bear all. And then he can bear all to us. And then remember it's a process. It's not a one-off experience. It's not just for Sunday. We can experience this every single day. If we put our minds in the right place. Just a last challenge for everybody. See, on Sunday, especially on a Sunday, in church in general, we say we're going to have a time of worship. We sing songs. We, you know, as a band and as a worship team, we want to lead you into God's presence. But what if, Tyler, one morning you said, right, we're going to have a time of worship, but we're not going to sing songs. The band's not going to come up. How are you going to worship God in this 20 minutes? How are you going to worship God in this half an hour? What would you do? I'm just going to pray to close. Father, Lord God, we just come before you. And Lord, we just say you are the great I am what more can we say to the one that's given it all Lord we want to hold you in highest honor this morning
We thank you, Lord God, for this challenge. It's been a challenge for me personally. Lord, I pray that, Lord, that we will endeavor to proceed on that journey of worshiping you daily, Father. That we can have our minds and hearts shifted to allow you to always be in the center of everything that we do. Father, no words can describe how incredible you are. You have given it all. And Lord, we just want to lift your name and say, Father, thank you. Thank you that daily we have the opportunity to encounter you, to walk with you, to go on that journey hand in hand with you. You are worthy of all praise, God. Thank you, Jesus. I just pray this in your mighty name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.